Welcome to Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about range relations and approaching range owners to use a range for class. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Barrel Block. It's everyone's responsibility to be safe with a firearm, which is why in every class I teach, we stress safety to the students by ensuring every gun is picked up is clear. But recently, I got my hands a hold of a barrel block, and now I use it in my classes all the time. It is a caliber-specific device that can be installed without disassembling the firearm and physically prevents the firearm from firing and is visible to anyone around that the gun is safe. If safety is your number one concern during your classes, then you need a barrel block in your range bag and for your classroom presentations. Today, we are joined by Rob Pope from Nuego Firearm Training Center and Range. Welcome, Rob, and thanks for coming on. How are things going today for you? Oh, not too bad, Rob. Uh, glad you had me on. Stuff. Uh, things are going pretty good. Keeping busy. Uh, obviously, winter, as most people know, in the firearms industry is typically our busy season. We have trainers in my area. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, nice and uh, you know you, it's not as hot as it is during the summer, and it's nice and nice uh, and uh, cold on the range, just like everybody likes it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with most people have so much stuff going on in the summertime, vacations and weddings and all that type of stuff going on that they just don't want to spend a Saturday out on the range as much or they can't because of, you know, other commitments. So I think that's why once school starts back up, things seem to get pretty busy. So, Mm -hmm. yep, that's just the uh, business cycle that we as instructors are all always facing. Hey, Rob, some of the people may not know who Rob Pope is. Can you give us a little bit of uh, your background and, and uh, what you do in the firearm industry? Uh, well, I I started uh, as a competitive shooter probably, oh, it's been at least 20 years ago. And about 10 years ago, I got into instruction, started, uh, started teaching uh, as an RA instructor, uh, worked my way into becoming a USCCA instructor and then training counselor and now DSF instructor. And uh, as I was going through uh, teaching and things started escalating and whatnot, I was teaching out of my home and had a little range area set up kind of out on my property in the back and was using that. And things just kind of got busy and kept growing and kept growing. So I ended up building uh, an outdoor range and training center. So we've got a building with a classroom and uh, range stalls that are built into the side of the building. You're shooting outdoors, but you're protected from the weather and in-floor heating, overhead infrared heaters. And then we've also got a dynamic outdoor pit range area. Uh, so I've been doing that. We've, uh, we opened that facility just a little over three years ago now. So I've been up and operating for a little over three years. Very nice. And that's where, you know, in the middle of Michigan, where it does get a little bit cold, having that uh, floor heated and the overhead heaters is um, sure definitely a draw for people in your area. Absolutely. We've got, we're out in a rural area, so we get a lot of people that can shoot on their own property, but in the wintertime, love coming to our facility. (laughs) There you go. Got got to know your your, uh, uh, customers there. That's for sure. Absolutely. 
Hey, Rob, our, our topic uh, is one that many of our listeners have suggested, and really great to have you on because as a range owner, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, what's your biggest concern, you know, ha- having me come on your range and uh, shoot as an instructor? You know, I'm certified. Shouldn't that be good enough uh, if I come on your range? You know, what, what, what's, the, what's in your mind when somebody walks up to you and say, hey, Rob, great range. Can I come and bring my class, you know, this Saturday to, you know, shoot at your range? Well, uh, a number of concerns go there. I mean, it's, uh, it can get pretty deep with that. In fact, for, for the longest time, we have not allowed any other instruction to happen on our facility that wasn't directly controlled by myself or or my staff instructors those that work for me uh, but we've just recently started to to entertain uh, allowing other instructors to use our facility uh, and I, I mean I really I sat down I was trying to figure okay what really is the most important things to make sure that you know, before somebody comes and uses our facility to train at, uh, like credentials and things like that. I, I boil it down to three things. Uh, number one is safety. Um, it's gotta be somebody that I'm comfortable with and I understand, and I know that they are going to be ultimately safe on the range and they're going to have total control over the class and what they're doing, uh, and whatnot. They're not going to let it get away from them. Uh, number two is liability. I mean, we've got I've got a liability insurance that covers the facility and our staff instructors, but uh, that liability excludes other trainers on the range. So I would have to, somebody's going to have to have liability insurance where they can name us as an additional insured on their policy. And I'm going to need to have records of that and, and make sure that that's uh, up to date and current. Uh, so we don't run into liability issues. And, you know, last but not least, uh, and, and personally to me, the most important is reputation. Uh, we built our facility and what we do here on reputation and on providing, you know, great quality training and, and education. And I wouldn't want somebody to come in, you know, and bring students in and then that student have a poor experience or something of that nature and then have that kind of get back and related to us. And, and hurt that reputation. So it's going to have to be somebody that's got more than just an instructor certification, you know, because I mean, somebody can go out and take a CPL class and then go out and take an instructor class and become an instructor. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to be a good instructor or that they're, you know, you know, it's, it's a good start. But to me, I'm, I'm going to look for somebody that has additional training. Not necessarily additional instructor credentials, but somebody that has gone out and done additional training to make sure that they are a top-notch individual and, and shooters so that they can convey that knowledge. Most definitely. Uh, to me, that's, you know, that, that good experience for the student, which is reputation back at our facility. Definitely. You spent three years building your facility and more years than that going along and, uh, building the brand that you're, you know, you run your range under and you definitely don't want to take and, uh, you know, shoot that in the foot just because you let somebody who isn't as reputable or how they conduct a class, you know, the language they use or the skills they're talking about, um, you know, ruin that reputation. You, you, you want to go along and have a reputation and bring somebody in that's worth, that's worthy of the reputation of your range. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, I mean, we take our, you know, in my facility, I take our mission, our vision and our core values to heart. That is, that is who I am. And I wouldn't want somebody that come in there and 
and teach at my facility that doesn't share the similar views that I do, the similar core values and stuff, what, what firearms instruction should be and, and making sure that it's giving a good quality education to the students. Um, you know, that's just to me to open the doors and just let anybody, any yay who come in there and stuff. And I've got, you know, the issues that come along with that, you get a bad reputation and that's good. And that's going to hurt business. So, and I'm not willing to let that happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked about this in many of the podcasts previously, you know, reputation goes beyond, you know, just how you dress and such. It's, you know, what classes you've taken, you know, what, what do you, what's your base of reference so that you can go along and answer people's questions about, you know, should I be carrying a 380 or a 45? Should I be going along carrying a full size, you know, on the hip or, you know, a revolver in a shoulder holster, you know, those types of things. And that's where going along, getting additional training every year to stay on top of trends in the industry is extremely important. Um, not only for the instructor in the classes he markets, but as you said, reputation. You know? when, when it comes to safety, Rob, what do you what are you looking for in a instructor? Are you are you looking for him just to run a safe range? Or are you looking for him to have some you know uh, trauma first aid skills and and those types of things? So if something does happen, you know there is a ricochet. He knows how to again take care of it and you know make a bad situation uh, better. Absolutely, I definitely want to see some form of advanced uh, first aid training, uh, especially when it comes to trauma. Uh, we provide, uh, you know, the trauma kits and, and whatnot throughout the range. Uh, they're they're staged in various locations uh, where they're easily accessible, uh, and we take that to heart, uh, making sure. In fact, I know all of my classes. Uh, whenever we start the class, we talk about, um, you know, first aid and trauma and how to apply a tourniquet and all of those types of things. All my advanced classes, we go through all of that. And I would expect that any instructor um, that I would allow to use my facility would either a personally have that type of background or training and, or either that, or have somebody that they are bringing in uh, to, to make sure they fill that role. Because especially for us, I mean, we're out in a rural area We're we're at best, probably a 10 minute um, arrival time for EMS for advanced mm-hmm. medical. So uh, it's it's imperative that uh, when the range is being used, that somebody is uh, medically trained and uh, able to, to manage those uh, injuries if one were to happen. Yeah, you talk uh, so about that is definitely- bleeding, breathing, you know, you know, stroke, heart attack, you know, any, anything along those lines, bee stings. You've got to have you know a sense about you about what to do and how to plan for it appropriately because um, you know shooting accidents on ranges during classes are very rare. But at the same time, you know, how many times has somebody been stung by a bee or, you know, bitten by a snake, you know, in places that have, you know, snakes crawling all over, you know, especially the venomous kind. You know, you, you just get into these kind of situations where you've got to know a little bit more than just saying, okay, you know, I'm going to put a Band-Aid on that. And, you yes. know, there's 10 minutes, 20 minutes. You, you better be prepared for it. And having the trauma kits around is, I think, an important, important step for everybody to consider. Absolutely. Snakes are not exactly a big concern up here in Michigan and stuff. They tend to not <laughs> like the snow, I think. Um, yeah. But it is, it's, you know, to me, I, you know, uh, you know, my, uh, when we've had a couple of instructors that have approached us to, about using the facility, you know, that's one of my first questions has to go into what's the, where's their training at? And I am looking for that medical because to me, if you are going to be a good 
firearms instructor, I mean, that's, if you're working with people on the range, you should have that training. I mean, to me, that's, I almost want to say it's a no brainer, but obviously it's not because there are a lot of them out there that don't stuff. But even if you're tra- teaching basic firearm stuff, you still need to know how to mitigate the possible risks. I mean, there is risk involved when you are shooting on the range period. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to be, need to be prepared for that as an instructor. Yeah. One of the videos have been, uh, circulating around on Facebook shows where a guy, uh, shooting supposedly from 30 yards away had a ricochet and one of the metal, uh, jackets of a full metal jacket went on a ricochet in his forehead. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's good. They had glasses on, but it's a pretty big chunk and pretty serious, uh, wound that he had. And that's where knowing how to treat it, you know, not to make it worse. I, I think it was actually his neck. Sorry, not, not his forehead. But uh, it's one of those types of things where know how to, know how to take care of it without creating more harm, and at the same time be prepared because if anybody's been in a car accident or you know any kind of first aid, nobody sits there and says, "Hey, watch this." You know, watch me have a heart attack. You know, watch me. You know, uh, you know, do something. And, you know, where I'm going to get seriously injured. Nobody does that. It always happens where it's like, uh, I just saw that. Now, you know, everything's got to start kicking in about where do you get the first aid? What do you, you know, how do you make the person safer, you know, from whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's a burning car from an accident or something along those lines. And those, those are the things to where instructors need to take it seriously. I know myself and my the people I have uh, working with me, we carry trauma kits on us on the range because running back to, you know, just 10 yards back to a table at where it might be could be, you know, another 15, 20 seconds. And when you've got a serious bleed, that is not time that you really have. Same, same exact here, man. I've got, I carry an ankle kit on me all the time, whether I'm in public or I'm training. And then same thing for our classes, we have them staged in locations, but then we also put, put a trauma kit right on the line. Mm -hmm. So there's a trauma kit right up on the shoot line, you know, aside from the one that's on my ankle and all, you know, we, Hey, I'd rather have, I'd rather have 50 of them laying around and not need one, need one and have it 50 feet away from me. Yep. Well, just like fire extinguishers, you know, we fire yeah. extinguishers are all over the place, but nobody goes along and, you know, we're worries about, you know, what they cost, different things like that. You know, I, cause you'd rather have one near you than have one, you know, 50 feet away from you when the fire starts, something along those lines. Absolutely. And and to me, that's something to look at, you know, when I'm looking at uh, whether they're a quality instructor or not, you know, those are the types of things I'm going to, I ask about and and find out, okay, what do you do for this? How are you, how prepared are you for this type of thing? And if they're like, oh, you know, I, I just, you know, call 911. It's like, yeah, sorry, you're going to, you're going to probably see the door because I'm probably not going to let you use my range to train on. Mm-hmm. Yep. The range uh, where, I, where I train on, uh, actually have an address there because it's, it's on a rural road and you got to be able to know, you know, where, what to tell the dispatchers of the address. And then at the same time we go over, okay, if there's an accident, you know, who's, who are going to be the two people that go down to the road to make sure they go in the right driveway? Because there's a driveway every two, 300 yards in a rural area, but is that, are they going down the right one? I hate to for the ambulance to go down the wrong one to find it. Yeah, that's the one back there, you know, type of thing. Again, trying to mitigate any kind of response times uh, when it comes to things. Absolutely. And that's I, one of the, that is one of the benefits of, of having, you know, a fixed facility uh, that's actually, you know, 
a, a true facility or whatnot, we actually have done uh, set up with dispatch and with law enforcement, medics and whatnot, where they have the coded access to get into our gates. They have, you know, somebody calls up 911 and they say, I'm at No Angle Firearms. They know where we're at. They know our GPS coordinates. We've set that up with them. You know, we have an actual area where we can have a landing zone for Aeromed if it's needed. Um, so we've done all of that work ahead of time. But, you know, somebody's got to be able to medicate or mediate that that situation for, for at least 10 minutes at my facility before they're going to arrive, even though they know right where we're at. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, we, we go along when we talk about firearm training. You know, we want to have, you know, we want to have the firearm training with us in, the, in our uh, everyday carry because when you know seconds count you know police are minutes away and we should think about it the same way when it comes to medical training the last thing we want to do is you know for a loved one or somebody in our class you know or you know be in any kind of situation and be able to say well it'd be you know i got my tourniquets but they're all the way back in the car they're at the house they're someplace else you know i, I left the gauze you know, the Israeli bandage, you know, back in the car, you know, all those types of things to where it doesn't do you a whole heck of a lot of good right now when you're looking at somebody who's got a traumatic injury. Like I said, you know, a shooting, probably rarely are we going to be having to deal with that, but could we see an accident on the way to and from the range, you know, somebody, or could we go along and have somebody who, you know, has a heart attack or stroke? You know, those are, you know, those are things that happen and, We've got to be. We've got to be ready to know how to do CPR, mouth to mouth, those types of things to you know help save somebody. When it comes to insurance, Rob, um, I know our listeners every time you know they, they hear me talk about Firearms Trainer Association and the insurance they give. What kind of coverage are you looking from an instructor when they come on your range to have? Uh, I want to make sure that they've got you know. A, a good liability, not just the, necessarily the minimum and stuff, but a good liability uh, coverage amount where on a policy that they can name our facility as an additional insured. You know, that's the that's the critical part there because, you know, the, them having insurance for themselves, that's great and fine and dandy. But, you know, typically if something did happen and somebody wanted to come back and try to sue uh for liability on a, on an incident or something that happened, they're going to go after everybody involved. So I need to make sure that their policy also covers my facility. Um, mainly because my insurance only covers employee or employee instructors of mine, people that are listed as actual staff of mine. So if it's an outsider, um, my insurance kind of takes a step back and says, Hey, we're not going to cover that type of stuff. So I need to make sure that the that the facility is covered under, under that instructor's insurance. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's really important because obviously getting back to what you were talking about, the safety liability and reputation, if, um, you know, something happens to where you, you get sued, you might lose your, you know, your facility, you know, you could lose your reputation. And obviously if the word gets around that it's not a safe range, then, you know, everything's for not, and you're going to be, you know, stuck holding, holding a bag and, and instructors that approach range owners really need to think about it from their view. You know, what benefits are you bringing to the range owner? And I think if I come to you and say, hey, the basic CCW class is like, yeah, yeah, so what? But if I go along and I have a really good, um, you know, shooting in and around a vehicle and, you know, I can go along, explain to you how I'm going to run it to make it safe, make sure that everything goes down range in the right direction and to have the, you know, the proper trauma kits and, and, safety training for the, for the staff that are there 
it could be one of those things where, wow, I might even like to go to that class because you're bringing something new and interesting to that facility that they don't normally see. Exactly. Yeah. Expanding, you know, somebody coming in and teaching something that I already teach or that we already teach at our facility, you know, like you said, doesn't really bring a whole lot of benefit aside from the revenue, which I'm not going to lie, obviously being into business and stuff, hey, revenue is a, is a critical component. That's what pays the bills. That's what keeps the lights on. That's what keeps the facility running. You know, so obviously there's got to be a revenue aspect there for, for the range owner. Uh, but also, like you said, bringing in something that's different, something, you know, to, to expand the, the offerings that are going on at the facility, that's going to be a, a huge push of, you know, why I would choose one instructor over the other, you know, cause it's going to boil down to that. You can't open the door to absolutely everybody. So you got to start to be selective. So as an instructor, if you're coming to a range owner or something, you're going to want to make yourself stand out. What do you offer that's different? Well, you know, what do you offer that's, you know, outside of their, their current wheelhouse of what they're offering at the facility already. Mm -hmm. Now, one of, one of the ranges where I teach at, they actually took their instructor training through me, which was really good. They were impressed with the training they were, that they received and they wanted to focus on advanced training. So they actually talked to me and we actually took over their, their CCW training, which didn't bring in a whole lot of more money for us, but we were able to use the range. They got some benefit from it. We got some benefit from it. And we, you know, we've got a continuing uh, relationship with them. And that's one of those situations where if you can prove yourself to a range owner, then it starts making sense. Okay. Maybe, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll let you do some of the mundane kind of, you know, basic concealed carry class. Cause they want to do the advanced pistol. They want to do the tactical rifle classes, uh, those, those types of things. So it can, it can work both ways. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's uh, good. Hey, Rob, um, if so, instructors were interested in contacting you or, you know, maybe taking some classes up there at Nuevo uh, Training Center and Range, uh, where can they find more information about you? Uh, easiest way to, to get in touch with us or even to find out about our facility is to go to NuevoFirearms.com. And that's N-E-W-A-Y-G-O firearms.com and you can uh, check out our facility there see what we see what we have and then all of our contact information is there if you want to give us a call shoot us an email or something like that you can also find us on facebook as well uh just uh go into facebook and search nuego firearms there's not a whole lot of nuegos out there so it's kind of a unique name uh for our town here so you pretty well type in nuego you'll probably find me Yep. And, uh, as always, I will have links to in the show notes so people can go along and look in the show notes to uh, find it. If you can't, can't figure out, uh, how to spell Nuego, uh, from the way it sounds, but it's it spelled the same way it sounds for it. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap on this episode and we have a few requests out for our listeners. First, visit our sponsors, especially the, uh, Firearm Trainers Association, FTAProtect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible insurance, as Rob has talked about here today, means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Rate our podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. We have right now almost a perfect 5.0 rating on uh, iTunes, which we'd like to see more and more of those five to make sure we're hitting all the points that instructors want to hear out there. And along with the instructors hearing us out there, share this episode on Facebook, 
share it on Instagram, share it wherever you interact with your uh, fellow instructors at and encourage them to listen. And if they're not listening to us, then obviously this information's not getting to them. And that's where the whole purpose behind this podcast is to go along and make instructors better uh, one episode at a time. And if you have any questions, idea, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Before approaching a range owner, think about how you can help him. And stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.